MedTech Monthly. We're joined by Christian Gormson, the CEO of Ergo, a medical device company on a mission to improve hearing health via innovative products and a go-to-market approach that address the major challenges of traditional hearing aid adoption. Now, Christian, you've been the CEO of Ergo since 2016, is that correct? Yes, and, and uh, Brian, thanks again for having me. Yes, the prevalence of hearing loss is massive. Right, but so few people do something about it. As an example, America, 48 million people with hearing loss, only 20, 25% are actually doing something. Um, it's a very overlooked considering it's one of your core five senses. Wow. Um, so, so back what I focused on early on in my career was how do we broaden access? How do we get more people to consider it, right? The, the, the analogy that was always used in the industry was that of vision. Right, because vision had had a very low level of penetration up until like the seventies, the eighties, and then obviously now anyone who could benefit from vision uh, correction is getting it done. Um, so you know, core thinking was, well, just distributing hearing aids through hospitals and clinics is probably not the way to get more people to hear better. At least to my first question, and that is access. And I think uh, as most of our readers and audience will remember, we spoke to you in June, uh, I think July, uh, while this hearing aid, this new category was in the works. And I believe it's been only since October since it's actually been official. But right. when we spoke then, you were very enthusiastic about this new hearing aid category that allows direct purchase without a prescription of hearing aids because it was going to increase access to uh, for a lot of people who need hearing aids. Um, can you go a little bit more into detail about that? I mean, I know it's probably too early to have any data as to whether or not that's actually happening, but talk to us a little bit about how this category is going to, or is already increasing access to hearing aids. Yes. Um, no, and, and hey, I, I gave you a lengthy background. My background is really strategy, right? And, and number one point in, in a strategy, if, if you want to broaden something or increase penetration, it's all about access, right? And let's be clear, hearing aids historically have only been distributed through clinics run by state licensed individuals. Uh, that's probably the slowest, the lowest possible niche you can get in terms of a broad access of a broad population as America, like 330 plus million people. Um, and typically these locations don't have a lot of traffic. They're, they're placed in strip malls. They're not placed in prime locations, right? So the, the issue with hearing loss is it's natural, it comes with age, and it's something that's frowned upon, right? It, it, it's a sign of old age. So it's, it's a stigmatized category. And typically it's the distribution's responsibility to educate the public about it and given the very limited distribution that has existed the education level is extremely low so people don't really understand they just think this is a hearing aid and it's something you need when you're old and it's not needed when you go to your doctor you know you have your vision checked but did you have your hearing checked no right you know it, it is something that society doesn't deal with and i think that's the industry's responsibility that's always been my point of view but it's been very hard because the industry has been characterized by all of these 
clinics, right? I think what we did early on a year ago, we leveraged more modern media, digital, online, right? More TV, but you don't reach everybody by being online. You reach more people. So I think we've expanded a little bit of the awareness. We've seen that in you know our tracking and so on. And I think the, the, the early success that we have enjoyed as a company, that we definitely opened the market, but still online for 60 plus year olds is not... It's not a sweet spot, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. But but where do people really go? Well, everybody goes into retail, right? Everybody shops, right? That's what we saw when we started hearing it at Costco, right? Costco has 15% of the private market in America, right? And Costco only has 550 warehouses, right? They have a lot of members, but you, know, you can say with only 550 or 600 locations in America, they have they're the largest distributor. That doesn't make any sense, but it proves how important retail is, right? And I, I think that's the power of, you know, people want to see in real life, right? And what got me so excited with the OTC regulation, and especially when it was clear, you know, how it was being articulated is it gave, you know, retailers the opportunity to sell hearing aids without having a state licensed professional on site, which drives up costs and just provides a lot of complexity and said, that's not relevant for mild and moderate losses. Mild and moderate losses is 94% of the 48 million, right? So that's the vast majority. So what OT- oh, and, 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 can, and can you go in, into that? Because you bring up a very good point because one of the uh, uh, specifics about this new category is that it only pertains to mild to moderate hearing loss. And what I didn't realize is that that is, so many that's basically the majority uh, almost all the people who have hearing loss to some degree it's mild to moderate so this category is going to really cover a large group of people correct correct yeah no and i I think that that, that, you know hearing loss is unfortunately progressive right uh it accelerates as you age right um it accelerates as you put more noise into your ears so me wearing earbuds right now not a good thing, right? It's, uh, unless I, I, I control the volume I'm putting in. So it's progressive. So it will keep expanding, right? And I think for when you have a severe loss or a profound loss, you know, you, you are borderline deaf. You cannot function without help, right? And actually the penetration in these categories is pretty high. People are getting help there and, and those people need help. Right. You need to understand why. Is it because of a medical condition? Did something happen? You know, you need that examination and, and you need clinicians. You need to see an All of that is, you know, the historic way. But the thing with mild and moderate, I have a mild loss on my right ear um, because I've been too much time on the phone. Right. I spent my the first 10 years of my career in banking, consulting, I was always on my phone, right? I had always had it jammed up, turned the volume all the way up because I was in noisy backgrounds, airports, you name it. So I have a mild loss on my right ear. Um, I can function, but I struggle to hear when I'm in a noisy restaurant. I struggle to hear my daughter. You know, she's 12 years old. She has a soft-spoken, high-pitched voice. I can't hear her. I, 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 or I can hear her. I can't comprehend her, right? I, I don't catch the nuances. But do I want to go to a doctor? No. But, but when I wear ear goes, and I do wear ear goes when I go out 
you know, when I'm at conferences and so on, it makes a huge difference, right? So, so the whole thing with mild, moderate losses, that's where it starts. Most people don't do anything with mild and moderate loss. So they wait until, you know, the deficiency has progressed to a level where they're truly missing out. And as we all know, it's harder to change habits the older you go. So instead of starting to adopt when you're in your 40s, as I am, mid 50s, you know, if I, you know, I have no doubt I'll be wearing hearing aids all the time in five years time. And I'll be wearing them because I know, um, but, but it's easy for me. One, I know the category, but I got into the category early. And I think that's the real benefit for society that like do, do something, right? You know, we all put on, nobody questions a second to wear glasses, right? But we, we push off, but it's, it, it's not that bad. But the problem is, at least for me, when I'm at a conference, I am so tired after eight hours because I use so much energy to listen to what people are saying and to make sure I don't look like a fool. Right. Whereas when I wear my ear goes, I spent much less energy because I hear everything. Right. Um, sorry, that was a that was a long roundabout, but but that's how hearing loss works. And I think sure. the great the great thing that the FDA has done here is they said, hey, for mild and moderate, in in the vast majority of cases, it's the natural function of age and too much noise exposure. That's why you have hearing loss. Um, and you don't really need a doctor to tell you, you, you kind of know, right? But do you think now that people can go into a store and buy hearing aids, more people who basically would do without in the past are now going to get them because, yeah, of, think, because of the convenience and because of the cost? I, I have no doubt. Um, I think I have a couple of disclaimers for it. I, I think the fact that hearing aids are now displayed in trusted locations you know, Best Buy's out there, right? Uh, you know, we're working the Victra, which is a large wireless dealer uh, for Verizon, but, you know, they're out there. That means hearing aids are becoming more visible. That, that's the number one thing to move, remove the stigma because it's not that people know that they don't, they, they don't hear well. They know, but they just don't really admit it. So I think more exposure is going to drive up awareness, which is the first important point. And then, okay, okay, I don't have to go to a doctor. Um, I hate going to a doctor. I have to, I'm guilty as charged, right? Um, I can actually try it out myself and see if it works. You know, I, I'm that kind of guy. Hey, I want to try some things and, and see how it works. So I think that's going to be a huge lever as well. And, and we'll talk about the cost in a minute. Um, and I think this is definitely going to increase the awareness. That's where it all starts, right? You're going to actually, you can actually see the products. You can also see, and I think that's what I'm, why I'm excited at Yergo. Yes, that's what a hearing aid looks like. I don't want that. But, oh, there are other types of hearing aids. Sure. I could actually consider doing that, right? And, you know, you see it all online, but I think all our collective trust online is pretty low for something you don't know. Yeah, but it might be a trick or a gimmick, and we've all had bad experiences online. So I think retail here um, is going to make a huge difference in terms of that. And I think the, the challenge and the disclaimer I wanted to give you, Brian, is just getting a hearing aid. And I've tried hundreds of hearing aids, supposed to be 
you know, with hearing, it's it's basically your nerve that doesn't work the same way. You're not getting the same stimulus, and suddenly your brain gets more stimuli. It's gonna tire you out. It's gonna stress you because you can hear different things. It's basically a rehabilitate. The, the devices allow you to rehabilitate your brain's ability to understand and you know, basically you know, sort out different noises. It's an overwhelming experience, and 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 that's part of the reason why you know the clinics have such an important role or audiologists or the trade has such an important role in helping people adapt to hearing again and also tuning what do you like what don't you like what do you have to live with you know and and just grabbing something off a clamshell at cvs or a best buy uh, you know you don't want to be on your own, especially not if you're 60 or 70 or 80 years old, mm. right? Uh, so, so I do think, you know, in terms of, you know, hear, hearing aids, I have to break this one. Hearing aids only work if you use them, no surprise. Um, so just buying them is not going to improve your quality of life. You have to use them and you have to be comfortable using them. And it's like, how do we do that in this new OTC setting? Obviously, from well, that's your point, that, that's, that's, you know, it's interesting you brought that up because that's one of the next questions I wanted to ask you because one of the criticisms of the new category is, okay, I can go into a, a store and buy hearing aids, but because I don't need a prescription now, I can buy them direct uh, over the counter. How do I know I'm getting the right one and I don't get the wrong kind and I get the ones that work for me and I don't make my hearing worse? How, do, yep. how is the category going to work in that yep. regard? So people yeah, can no, make no. sure they get the right one. This is such a huge regulatory question. What should you regulate? What shouldn't you regulate? I honestly believe that what the FDA has done has been, you know, I don't think I could have written that any better, to be honest, because I think what the FDA has done is they have gone in and regulated what types of hearing losses, mild, moderate, right? There's a ton of screeners. You can get screeners, screener support. You can do online screeners. You can get a pretty good sense of where your hearing loss is. You don't need to go to a doctor for that. And, and let's be clear. If you can live, carry out your normal life, but you're struggling, you're probably in mild moderate. If you can't hear anything, you need to see a doctor, right? Uh, so, so common sense will get you a lot far. And, and what the FDA has also done, they're also regulating output limits and so on. So you, none of the devices that are labeled as over-the-counter hearing aids can damage your hearing. It's, they simply can't produce enough sound pressure to damage your hearing. So your AirPods, my AirPods can produce more loud sound than my ear goes, right? Uh, so, so that's basically what the FDA is regulating. Say, hey, it might not work for you. You might not get the best product for you, but you're not going to make anything worse by buying an OTC hearing aid. And I think, I, I think they honestly, I think they nailed it on that definition. Then the question is, of course, are the various manufacturers of over-the-counter hearing aids actually living up to those requirements? I know we do, but hey, that's for the FDA to, to basically enforce, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job. They definitely stepped up their game big time. So, But do you also, because we had talked early on with the FDA and others, do you have to mandate access to support? Do you have to mandate some of these things? And how do you control that? Because mm -hmm. some people don't want support. And I, th I think you would be restricting the opportunity by mandating it. I think that's up to you as a consumer saying, 
hey, do I want support? Do I not want support? If I want the best possible experience, I should make sure that I can get support as well, right? And I think we've all had the experience at CVS or Walgreens, and I think they're great locations, so I don't want to bash them. But getting somebody to help you in there is probably impossible, right? You just don't get that, right? Uh, whereas if you go into a minute clinic, you go into a different location, there's actually some very knowledgeable people who can help you, right? That's part of the reason why we're working with Victra, you know, the, 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 the Verizon wireless dealer, because every single rep there is trained on at least the fundamentals and they can make sure you get, you know, access to support. So, 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 yeah, so, so I think the regulatory is actually done the right way. Uh, but, but if you ask me having, you know, I think the quality of life improvement that you're getting is only if you're, if you're getting this support. It, it might not need a lot, but just, you know, getting going, making sure you're using the devices the right way, making sure, you know, the issue with anything you put in your ear, it requires a lot of maintenance. We've all seen our earbuds and mine die after a year because I don't clean them. If you don't clean hearing aids, they're going to die within a month or two, right? Well, what I'm interested in too is talking about the quality of life. Uh, when you mentioned eyeglasses, I believe when we spoke before, you, you, you mentioned that when you're at a doctor's office and your doctor walks in wearing eyeglasses, no one questions the intelligence or the, or the capability of the doctor. In fact, the eyeglasses probably enhance that. And you thought this might be able to do the same, getting rid of that stigma with, with hearing aids. Do you think that now that the category is such, and also you, you said it might spur innovation, people start to craft uh, hearing aids that are more you know, less visible and, and fit a certain way, that that's gonna just completely change the whole landscape of the hearing aid industry? Um, I think that would be great. So we haven't seen any new products being introduced, right? In terms of design, in terms of, uh, you know, okay, this is actually really smart. I think we've seen a little bit, uh, obviously I would put Eargo in a different category. We've seen some earbud styles coming in, but they're still visible. And most people, you know, are still not comfortable enough with their hearing loss that they want to broadcast it to anyone. They kind of want to keep it secret. I think there's one other invisible solution out there, which frankly has existed for a long, long time. Uh, it has existed for more than five years, but it is, it's not rechargeable. It's more occlusive, there's a bunch of things, but I, I, I do hope for the industry and for the general public that we will see more of, you know, okay, this is like the James Bond kind of hearing, you know, those types of things that people really want. The, the, the challenge of course is, because that, that's another thing that we're getting a little bit challenged on at a year ago, is these things are not cheap. I can't sell this for $200 or $300, right? If you really want that quality type product with the design, you know, it's going to come at a higher price point. Uh, it's way lower than what it is in a clinic. But, you know, I think right now in OTC, you can find products as low as $300, right? But you would be sort of stuck with the old solutions. But from a commercial perspective, is it likely do you think that same way other technologies, computers and big screen TVs have come down in price, now that this new category has been created, more companies coming into the market, that the cost of these more uh, 
preferable hearing aids might come down a little bit and so people can afford them a, a little bit more. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the analogy I would use, um, and again, it's everybody's speculation. My, my personal point of view is this is more like the cell phones. So I think we all remember initially cell phones were reserved for the very, very few people. These were tens of thousands of dollars, right? Nobody could afford them. And then they started becoming very quickly, it became a race to the bottom in terms of prices on cell phones. So subscriptions were very expensive, but cell phones got, got really, really, really cheap, really fast. Um, and then because of the importance of the cell phone and the potential of a cell phone, we've actually seen cell phone pricing go up again. So it, you know, it started super high, it got extremely low, and then it actually climbed, you know, because quality prevailed. Right? People wanted like the touchscreen version, right? They wanted the ecosystem, right? And now my assumption is most people pay plus a thousand dollars for or around a thousand dollars for a cell phone, right? Because it's such an important product that we rely on and that we use so much. Um, so I think we'll see a little bit the same thing on hearing aids. I think the pricing for sure in clinics is not gonna, is not sustainable. And I think we're seeing that. We're seeing very low cost offers on hearing aids over the counter now, like as low as $300. I think they're gonna, I personally think they're gonna visit because it's not gonna be a great quality of life improvement. It's not gonna be a great experience. And I think we'll see some kind of stabilization. It's still an investment. And I think people will understand that you kind of get what you pay for, but it's going to be significantly cheaper than it has been in clinics, but it's not going to be, you can get a great quality hearing aid for $200. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, what about the, the stigma of it? Have you, of wearing a hearing aid in the, as you said, the, the doddering old man, the year it's an older, it's a, it, Maybe there's something wrong with you if you can't hear, which is absolutely incorrect and absurd. But do you think that stigma that this category might do something to lessen that stigma, or do you see it already lessening somewhat and changing a little bit where hearing aids are not looked at the way they used to be? Um, I think it's definitely going to change. I think that's natural. I think, you know, we collectively always get smarter, uh, but it takes a while. If we fast forward 10, 20 years, in 20 years, I think everybody is going to be wearing something that helps their hearing, right? Um, because it just makes sense. But I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow or in six months. And it's not like we're seeing a revolution right now. But I think well, you know, we're tracking all stats, right? Obviously, we're tracking customers, but we're also tracking, you know, web traffic, interactions, awareness, and so on. And I think it's fair to say since October 17th, there's definitely been a general increase in activity around a category right more people are, are spending time online looking at it so i think that that's the very first step of awareness then you know and of course media has been great in intuiting this right so it drives more people to investigate and understand so i think we're we're at the very very early part of what i think is going to be a long-term upswing and i think I am convinced 10, 10, 20 years from now, you know, we're going to laugh about where hearing aid was a year ago. Sure. Well, the last question I have for you is on, from a commercial perspective, uh, as a company, 
and I know, I know you can only speak for your own company, but how do you think this new category that the FDA created might affect how companies, will they, will they make new hearing aids? How will it, it affect their advertising? And, and how will it change their companies now that they have this new category that allows them to sell directly to consumers over the counter? Yeah, um, so I, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of change in this industry. I think, you know, what I'm telling everybody at a year ago is like, let's be very clear. Uh, the industry is changing. You know, the, the, this is such a big event. We're not gonna go back to where we were, right? That's also what I'm telling audiologists and clinicians, who, by the way, I respect deeply. It's like, the industry is changing. So I think the right thing to do is not to resist it, but to lean into it. You know, I think online is gonna be very important to help people navigate. Where are my options? Where can I go? Because online is becoming, but the important thing for us is that the service you get access to, uh, the help, the support is all the same, right? Because ultimately what is going to define the success and change the hearing aid industry is the customer experience. Uh, but I think that the best part is there's no scenario here where we don't have more people hearing better in the future, right? So, you know, I don't see this as a step backwards. You know, this is a, definitely a step towards the future. Great. Well, thank you, Krishna. I really do appreciate your perspective on this because I know it's an important topic, especially for those who either need hearing aids or people who are in the hearing aid industry. So thank you so much for your time and your insights. Oh, I, I appreciate it as always, Brian. Uh, this, this, is, this is fun and um, it, it's exciting. And I think this is not about one company over the other. This is about how do we collectively actually get more people to hear better. Great. Thank you, Krishna. We'll be talking again soon, I'm sure.